Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. I am Lex Michael. And today we are joined by Nick. Pa- yes, that's uh, it. It's Poinkinen. That's how you pronounce it. It's Nick Poinkinen. The Oikinen is silent. Yes. Um, so that's the name. That is the name he has given, and that is the name that I have destroyed because I am a monster. Auspicious uh, beginning. <laughs> um, so Nick is joining us. We're doing a, something different this week. Uh, we are essentially going to talk to Nick about his, his new album that he released. Um, it's, it's real cool. We had a chance to listen to it on Spotify. Um, it's also being pressed to vinyl, uh, which is totally awesome. Uh, so we're just going to kind of spend some time with Nick and, and get a little bit of background on that. Uh, Nick, say hello to the fine folks at home. Hello, fine folks at home. Uh, Nick, have you ever done a podcast before or is this, are we, are we busting your podcast cherry, so to speak? Yeah. It's gross, right? It is gross. It's super gross. I said it a little bit, uh, especially when I found out that my last name was, but no, I think I'm (laughs) right. You were prepared (laughs) learning new things about yourself. Yeah. I told you guys, my brain, it like, it was, it, it was ready. But my mouth was like, I'm not. I don't know words, and I'm just going to say them. I'm going to force all the sounds and things through my, my gaping face hole and hope they come out okay. I, I tried to tell you, man, it's just pee with an oinkin in. I know, but remember. that doesn't matter to my mouth. It doesn't matter. If anything, I would have been like, guys, it's Nick pee to the oinkin in. <laughs> um, because that's how my brain works. I like the thing you do with your head when you do that. Yeah. That's my showmanship head nod. Uh, anyway, I'll so take your it's, word for what it. is it, Nick? It's <laughs> it's what P O I Q X seventeen I D. No, I am Nick Poikinen. Ampersand. I am Nick Poikinen of the Poikinen Dynamic, which is the uh, musical label that I've chosen for myself, uh, or I suppose you've chosen for me, and it's spelled P O I K O N E N. That's P. O I K O N E N. So, nice. so I'm a little, I'm a little flattered. I wasn't gonna take it from you. I was just gonna let you have it. But uh, yeah. So we, we've Nick. How long have we known each other? Um, too long. Yeah, we should both, <laughs> we should both have moved on to bigger and better things by now. But something like what? It's got to be something like uh, almost ten years now, right? Yeah, just like 2009, that- I think. Yeah. So we met when we were must. Yeah, we were teenagers in in college. So yeah. So let's call it 10 years. Let's go. Oh, God. How am I still alive? That's scary. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, uh, obviously at that at that time, uh, I, I assume, right, uh, you were you were very into music, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were looking for a name for yourself, essentially yourself as a, a solo act. And I don't. We were probably high, and I said the Poikin and dynamic, and you you seemed to take a liking to it. It captured your imagination. So I appreciate that after all of this time, you still you still attribute that to me. I'm very flattered. No, well, That's you know, a sweet story. I was just not nose punk playing some guitar and chilling out, and you mentioned it, and it seemed to have a little bit of edge, a little bit of fun. So I decided to kind of run with it, and I couldn't really come up with anything better so the poikinin dynamic it was and here we are 10 years later and i've got a record (laughs) it sounds geometric to me i think that's what i like about it it sounds like some type of algorithmic theorem i was Mm -hmm. hoping that it would sound dynamic 
I mean, that that does stand to reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in the name, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something with three hard angles. <laughs> I mean, but it also is a is a audio. It's like a weird audio pun too. In that, like you know, there's dynamic range when you're doing mixing and things of that sort. So it's it's all the things. Exactly. And as I came to learn a little bit more about music theory and recording music and dynamics are a very important part of all of that. And so I, you know, enjoyed that and stuck with it. Um, so I guess I want to I want to jump back on the timeline a little bit. You how long have you been a musician? Because obviously you you were very much a musician by the time we met. So when did that that fixation, that passion really kick off for you, if you can recall? Um, I don't know when the the line happens when you are just, you know, some guy who picks up a guitar or and when you become a musician. I don't know exactly when that happens because um, I picked up a guitar when I was 14, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I could play a couple of songs and just like every you know, acoustic guitar playing douchebag at the frat party. I learned how to play Wonderwall and yep. uh, I kind of went from there and it really wasn't until really after I met you where I would consider myself a, a musician, somebody who would actually, you know, play and make things up on the fly and improvise and learn theory and write songs. Um, I would say it that. was Wonderwall, man. That's what did it. <laughs> Once you learn Wonderwall, you're in the life for good. I really yeah. hope that's not the line. I really hope it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. The Wonderwall is, it's the wall you have to get over in order to become a musician. Guys, like, I'm just quoting Goodfellas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's not a bad song. I listened to it recently, <laughs> actually. And I, I my hatred for it has waned. Um, but, man... Every dude who's ever picked up an acoustic guitar learns that song. And for years, it just drove me mad. I I can honestly cop to never having learned it. Unless I learned it and like while I was drunk and forgot. But I don't think I could pick up a guitar and bust out Wonderwall off I've, the top of my I've head. learned a lot of those drunk songs that have vanished from my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like now if you want to be cool, you got to go Champagne Supernova instead. You know, everyone's done Wonderwall. I was in um, Thailand once, and this we were in like a rural village, and this guy he he did he only spoke Thai, but he knew Wonderwall, <laughs> um, and so like Wonderwall was the only English he knew was the lyrics, and that was like that's my only association with that song. Okay, it's I I was uh, just recently in Mexico. And there were mariachi bands that would wander around at restaurants and they would play for tips and they were very good. Yeah. The, the weird juxtaposition of the, the mariachi band with the, you know, the, their accented English singing Sweet Home Alabama, for example. Ooh. So it was actually it was very, it was maybe my new favorite rendition of Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> but the juxtaposition was a little bit, uh, it was interesting. It yeah. caught my attention, I will say. Sounds prescient. <laughs> Um, well, if we were wondering when we were going to go wildly off the rails, it's a, about at the nine minute mark. <laughs> when we're we're keeping it on brand. Yeah. And, and uh, mariachi bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, today we're specifically talking about Searching for Bohemia. Um, this is your second album that you came out with, correct? Yes. Um, or was the first one an EP? 
the first one was more of a uh, school project than it was a proper album. Uh, I've got some okay. moments on it that I very much enjoy. Um, and I kind of threw it out into the world um, prematurely, I would say. Because there's parts <laughs> on it that I don't enjoy at all. And I'm not super, super proud of them. Uh, this one is front to back. Uh, I've done it correctly. I I enjoy it thoroughly, and I am very proud of it. Awesome. Um, how how would you if you could if you could try to succinctly summarize the progression for you from one to the other? Like, was there something specific you feel you had to lock into place for yourself to let's say evolve from where you were this place where you look back and you're like, I I don't nah, I don't like this. This ain't me to getting to the place where it's like, okay, I now have this complete piece of work that I actually feel like I've, uh, uh, arrived creatively, so to speak. Like, is there, how, how would you describe that progression? Like what did you need in place that wasn't necessarily in place? The biggest thing I would say is, um, no piece of art just kind of arrives someplace without the help of other people. Um, sure. And so when I was recording my first EP or record or whatever you want to call it, uh, like brushing your teeth naked is what it's called. Um, I tried to do everything myself and that's definitely something that I very much struggle with. Um, because I have a creative idea in my head and even in the transfer from my brain to my fingers, I lose something. And then when I hand it off to another human, uh, I get very um, nervous, let's say. So, <laughs> yeah, I get that. And so um, I'm still struggling with that. Uh, I mean, I, I have played every note on this record, so um, I'm definitely not, you know, bringing in uh, lots of people to help me out with it, but I was able to enlist the help of somebody to do some audio engineering on it. Um, and he made it sound like a gajillion times better. Um, and I listened to um, his name is Noah Smith. I'll give him a, a shout out. Um, he's out in California. He's a good guy. Um, and I definitely listened to the input of a lot of people uh, rather than kind of just putting my head down playing guitar and saying, damn the torpedoes i just you know listening to other people is always a good idea <laughs> yes yeah for sure R real quick before we get too far away from it can you explain to me the title of the first album like brushing your teeth naked what <laughs> how do you arrive there what is that well i was trying to create uh my own sound um and my own sort of uh way about doing things and and how it sounded, I want it to sound like brushing your teeth naked. So it's an odd feeling. Uh, if you've ever done it, it sort of feels a little bit wrong, uh, but a little bit liberating. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted that sort of uh, naughty liberation to come out in the music. I have no idea if I managed to pull it off, but <laughs> it seemed like a solid analogy and I enjoyed the <laughs> the idea. So I ran with it. I love the phrase naughty liberation. <laughs> like it's perfect. Like I get, I get exactly what you mean. Um, Cause I've, I've I too have brushed my teeth in the nudes and I'm like, maybe I shouldn't. What if someone walks in, but it's my body. Have I, maybe I've never, I guess I've brushed my teeth in the shower. 
but that's not the same. No, that's no, where no. you're supposed to be nude. That's where you're supposed to exist right? as you came into this world. Brushing the album's not called brushing your teeth naked in the shower for for a very right. specific reason. Yes, <laughs> it undercuts all of the naughtiness. Exactly. Right. Like you got to be straight in the mirror, looking yourself in the eye from top to bottom, brushing naked, being like, yeah, 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 my natural state. I didn't realize how square I was. <laughs> Try it tonight. That's what yeah, you'll do. I'm just going to grill myself. I'm going to do the like Paddington Bear hard stare at myself in the mirror. Oh, uh, yeah. Like one tear coming out of my eye because I can't <laughs> handle the realness and shit. Uh, and you guys at home also do it. Do it and tweet at us about it. Describe <laughs> to us what you felt we were missing out on. Or I was because I guess I'm the only one in the room who has never done this. So folks at home, what am what am I missing out on in your opinion? Uh, tweet at us at missing outcast or call the hotline and talk about brushing your teeth in the nude hell yeah hashtag be dynamic uh that's that's the poikin in dynamics uh sort of go-to hashtag hashtag be dynamic that's your just do it yes exactly and that's also that's p-o-i-k-o-n-e-n dynamic (laughs) (laughs) or or (laughs) <laughs> for short you know just in case you don't have a lot of the, time the pff die. <laughs> this is great we're respecting your integrity oh man um <laughs> love you guys uh oh um i i know how i would describe this album but i want to see how you feel like if someone was like yo what like what like genre like tell me about how the music goes like I personally would describe it as like a little bit of um, like driving in your car thinking music and also a little bit of epic kind of uh, getting in you get getting you pumped up a little bit music. I, I don't know if those fall into genres, but that's how I would describe it. There are there are tracks that look like, uh, you were you were good enough to send me a copy on vinyl and you I guess you got them done in different colors. I happened to get a purple one, which was very exciting, but I threw your album on and at certain points, and I think I told you this when I first listened to it, there are moments uh, on the album that almost feel to me like uh, like an ambient folk type thing. And it feels like for me personally, it's perfect music to throw on and have as a soundtrack to my day. Um, but yeah, uh, your, your album, Nick searching for Bohemia, how would you, how would you pitch it to people? How would you say like, this is what this is? Uh, so we are, we're talking about the new record now, not the one that I dislike the, the searching. Yes, for I mean, you feel free to talk about all of the shit you hate to just <laughs> vent it to us, get it all out. But yes, uh, searching so, so yeah. for Bohemia, uh, searching for Bohemia is the, is the new record. And, um, I believe actually when you, uh, when I sent you the record and we were thinking about doing this, you sent me a text and it was actually one of the nicest things uh, somebody said about the record is I believe you verbatim said it's a great record to put on and do creative things to. Oh, cool. Well, I, I feel good. I feel good about making you feel good with all of the goodness there is to share. But yes, that's actually, that's very much how I'm glad you, you, reminded me of that because I wouldn't have thought necessarily to phrase it that way again. But yeah, absolutely. It's great. I found myself sitting in my living room, listening to it and feeling like it was sparking stuff in my brain. So yes, I, I actually, I very much stand by that. I think it, it is very much a cool record to throw on and be creative too. The, yeah. the idea of me creating something that has, that goes on to create more creative things is just 
tickles me. It's a it's an awesome thought, uh, and it's kind of you know why do we why do I play music? It's so that people listen to it, and for you to listen to it and have inspiration is amazing. Yeah, the idea that one's art can inspire other art is it, it, it's one of the most gratifying feelings that I can think of. Yeah. Do you have any specific uh, influences that you usually pull from when you were either making this album or just in general when you're writing music? Um, I've got a grand many influences. Are you talking more about like musicians that inspire me? No, I mean, it could be musicians, but it could also be like life events, feelings, thoughts. Um, Because like, so I feel like, for example, like Searching for for Bohemia has kind of a, like, even in the name and in the name of some of the individual tracks, it feels like there's a there's a, a sweeping story from beginning to end. But I don't know if you're necessarily like, yeah, yeah, this is a story about a guy who's fighting a dragon. Um, or if you're just like, you know, this is the story of a dude who's like, you know, been through some shit and he's walking down the street and thinking about his life. Um, so like the different individual pieces that influence the tracks on the album, I think, uh, cause you said you have a story for just about every track on the album. And so like, what, uh, are those things that have driven you to write these things? Well, so each track has its own sort of mini individual story, but as far as the overreaching, um, thing that unites all of them is, is, um, is death. Um, unfortunately, yeah. This is where it gets a little bit dark, I suppose. But um, one of my um, my best friend's dad was a name. It was a guy named Fran D'Agostino, and he's still to this day the greatest guitar player I've ever seen in real life. Um, he unfortunately got um, pancreatic cancer a number of years ago and died. Um, oh, geez, I. I did not know that. I'm so sorry to hear that. I you I've heard you mention Fran a whole bunch of times, man. I'm I'm really sorry to hear that. It's I mean, it's kind of what happens. You live and you play guitar and then you die. But uh so the song for Big John is actually the the song that opens the record and that's one of his songs. Um and that was probably the second or third uh song I recorded. Uh and I was just hideously drunk um and i did it (laughs) yes nice uh and i actually i there was something kind of haunting about my extraordinarily drunken uh recording of that song and i sent it to his daughter who's still a good friend of mine and uh she kind of gave me like the yeah that's that's good you can you can send that out into the world i got the stamp of approval from fran's daughter and uh after that everything kind of started falling in place and i was working through the record and it kind of dealing with my own feelings about the death of fran and my own fragile mortality and uh sort of i was searching for something and i didn't really know what i was looking for um and then the idea of bohemia the idea of um actually inspired from rent believe it or not um the la vie bohème of being able to play music and enjoy it and and sort of accept it into your life as more than um a way of dealing with things but a way of just becoming part of who you are um 
kind of was the overarching theme of the record. So as I was dealing with Fran's death and I was also trying to become a musician in more than just the beyond Wonderwall sense, (laughs) (laughs) I I decided that I was going to record all these records. And so it was all all these songs. And so that was, um, that was how I dealt with the death of Fran, unfortunately, or fortunately for people who are listening to it. Well, yeah. And it's, it's, tragic that that happens but it's really great that you're able to take all of those very complex intense feelings and channel it into something that can affect other people positively yeah i mean there's a gajillion uh examples of people's misery turning out to be damn good records so i figured Uh this was a pretty solid way to uh channel my energy yeah um and there are a couple songs that have like so this is a mostly instrumental album, but a couple of the songs have vocals and there's a lot of like soul in those songs. What what made you decide to uh, put your voice down on those tracks? I also I really like that at a certain point before I listened to the record, when you were sending it to me, you shot me a message and you were like, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I, I kind of learned to sing since you saw me last. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasis on kind of. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, I think you undersold it a little bit. I I'm proud of the singing I do on this record. I'm not proud of my singing on a on a date day uh, level. <laughs> uh, so the f- I'm looking at my track list here. Uh, I sing on a on a song called "People Get Ready." Um, mm-hmm. So I'll if you'll indulge me, and you will because I'm the guest. Yes, uh, of course. Right. Wow. <laughs> Arrogant. I get. Thank you for joining us this week. Very nice to have you, Seton. This is the first time we just we just took it on good faith that nobody was going to come in and topple our our control of the show. But we were so vulnerable this entire time, and all it took was one guest to come in and go, "Fuck you guys, my show." And suddenly, the emperor has no clothes, and we are revealed to be utterly powerless in our own domain. <laughs> So, People Get Ready is a song by Curtis Mayfield uh, that Fran used to play all the time. And I used to go um, play with uh, Fran at his open jams um, at a place called the Acton Jazz Cafe. Um, And I would go every Tuesday for, like, years. Um, And I remember, like, vividly, um, he had a guest. um, Shout out to his guest, Lydia Warren, who, if you want to listen to a record that's a whole lot better than mine, go look up Lydia Warren. She's gorgeous and an amazing guitar player and can sing and she blues guitarist can just shred. She's unbelievable. Um, but so Lydia Warren was playing that night and I, I remember vividly that I went up to the stage and I wanted to play something real good um, because Lydia was watching. And so um, Fran decides that he's going to go into like this very slow, very soulful, Curtis Mayfield song called people get ready. And I went, ah, fuck. (laughs) Like, this is not, this is not a song that I can really impress with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I absorbed it and I played a whole bunch of times before and I kind of knew what I was doing. um, And I just let everything go. It to this day might be the greatest solo I've ever played. Um, and I finished it and it was like, I was transported to a different time and place. Like 
I finished my solo during that song. And then all of a sudden I warped back into my body and mm. went, Oh, well that felt really good. Uh, I don't, not yeah. sure if it sounded good. Uh, and I looked up and Lydia Warren was marginally impressed, but Fran <laughs> came over. <laughs> but Fred came over and as everybody was playing before the song ended, he said, that was an amazing solo, which he had never said to me ever before. He, he's always very, uh, not critical, but constructive. Uh, like keep working at it, kid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and he was my guitar idol. So he was always very good about saying, okay, well, you messed up this part, but the rest of this was good. He was very, very helpful and, and inspiring and made me a much better guitar player by just being around. But that was the first time where he was like, holy shit, Nick, that was awesome. And it felt awesome and it was awesome. And when he passed, uh, I decided that I should probably try and record that song because it's an amazing song. It really like stuck out to me when I was listening through, like I was listening through the album and I was trying to essentially feel the, the, whatever it was trying to evoke. Um, and then as this one started, um, it like, it hit me, um, like it hit me harder than I was expecting. Um, especially once the vocals started, I was like, wow, there's a lot of power and a lot of soul and like a lot of intention behind it. So like, and I, and now that I know that story, like I understand why that there's so much emotion attached to the song and it really comes through, um, when you're listening to it. I also didn't write it. So that helps. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my first time hearing it. So there you go. (laughs) Well, uh, Uh, if anything, Curtis, there's many good versions of that song. I'm glad that you guys think mine is one of them, but it's a very, very song. It's your uh, just like how everybody thinks of what is it Jersey Girl as a Bruce Springsteen song, but in fact it was written by Tom Waits. People get ready is yours now, Nick. For oh, generations God. to come, everybody's gonna be like it's that song by the Poikin and Dynamic, and people that are like ten years older will be like, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, if I have the ability to steal it from Curtis Mayfield and also Jeff Beck and Rod Stewart, then I'm doing way better than I thought I am. <laughs> I don't even know who those people are. <laughs> Poinkin and experience, number one. I remember too, though. Dynamic. Like, actually, that reminds Dynamic. me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the experience of listening to you do it. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not Jimi Hendrix. I am not the experience. <laughs> what? <laughs> I Jim- had something. It's gone. It's oh. okay. Well, I was going to ask about, so um, number 11, will the, will the circle be unbroken? Also mm. is, is um, the other uh, track that has vocals on it. It feels to me like, like, especially I, I, we've talked about it on this show, like as someone who has come from, you know, abusive families and stuff like this, the, the, even just the title, I'm like, Ooh, boy, this is going to speak to me. Um <laughs> So like it, what is, what is the, what's the history behind that one? Um, that one is a song that as far as I can tell, nobody knows who wrote it. It's like a hundred years old uh, or more. Oh, interesting. Uh, and it's more of a, like a hymn, like a Bible hymn than, than, uh, anything that anybody's really taking credit as for writing. Um, and it's a song about death. Um, will the circle be unbroken? It's, um, you know, about the end. 
yeah. and on through some sort of weird um uncanny you know ins or outs or what have yous on spotify when i uploaded it it actually cuts off about a minute and a half into the song and i thought about um calling people up and correcting the mistake but i also kind of enjoy the fact that a song about death um, at the end of an album about death just ends abruptly with no real warning um i kind of dug the motif um yeah but on the vinyl um which you can purchase at the poikinandynamic.com that's p o i k o n e n dynamic.com <laughs> <laughs> you can purchase the vinyl which has the full unabridged version on it uh and it sounds quite nice um it's it's a rough song it was a rough song to record uh it took me a lot of passes through it to figure out what type of feeling i wanted to go with it um originally i wanted to go with a more sort of hoedown feel um to kind of celebrate things but i wasn't really in a very celebratory mood um yeah. for the recording of this record so it ended up just being much more somber uh and if you listen to the lyrics, it's pretty depressing. So I didn't mean to leave you guys with tears in your eyes at the end of this one, but. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, well, so uh, on this show recently, I've talked a little bit about how I myself have been pretty weirdly mortality fixated, uh, of late like i'm i'm right now for whatever reason trying to process a lot of those big big super heavy concepts for myself and try and make a place for them so being that you went through that process maybe are still going through that process of trying to grapple with mortality both that of others and your own is there Obviously, you channeled that into your art, and that's now out there, but do you feel like you've come to any greater place of peace? And if so, I guess if you could put words to it, how would you describe that place? Or if you haven't arrived in that place, where are you now in that journey of trying to grapple with all of these super big existential concepts? I have absolutely in no way, shape, or form arrived in that place. Yeah, I don't blame you, me neither. I, I don't even know what that shit looks like. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great to to break the the secret of existence. Right, I have no own. fear of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so uh, the whole idea of the record is I I'm searching for Bohemia. I'm searching for this idea of peace and and uh, tranquility when I know I'm never ever gonna find it. Um, and so I'm just kind of realize that I'm going to keep playing. Um, I'm going to keep missing Fran. Um, and it's not really going to get better per se. And I'm not really going to forget or, um, come to terms with my own mortality or other people's mortality. It's just going to keep on going. Um, right. And that's sort of the theme of the record. I mean, they say that like peace comes when you realize that it's outside of your hands, like I was recently listening to an analysis of a, it was an analysis of a show, which is not important, but it was about the philosophy that we essentially um, 
as a species find peace in in seeing things that create a feeling of awe because it reminds us that we are small and we are 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 finite and things of that sort and that feeling in and of itself is what ultimately leads us to be at peace with the fact that we're going to disappear um yeah i love thinking about how i'm small and i'm gonna disappear soon that sounds great my favorite that's a big up i get up in the morning i look in the mirror and i say you bitch are small and finite and fragile but go, go out into the world and feel that fear but it doesn't have to be fear it's it, it's it's the inevitability of it. right and that like it's something that it's it's this thing that we're we try to control so much in our lives but like coming to terms with the fact that you have no control over these things means that like you can you can un- unleash not unleash but like you can relieve yourself of that burden you can you can just really allow yourself to feel what it's like to to exist in this moment knowing that the next isn't promised you know mm-hmm. um which i i love that idea and, and and it's this idea that like you know you are someone who is searching for bohemia um is destined to never find it but it's the idea of like either that journey of searching you learn so much until you are dead and can't learn anything else um or you 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 just experience the idea of searching for it and some people drive themselves mad in the in in not finding it but other people find themselves um at peace with knowing that like bohemia was there all along it was the friends you made (laughs) along the way way. (laughs) It was the sled the whole time. <laughs> uh, but actually, in without jest, um, your point of, of being in the moment and living in the moment and not worrying about all of the shit, um, that's what happens when I play guitar. Um, like that story I told you about people get ready. I mean, when I let loose with the that solo... Um, I was in that moment uh, and that's kind of what we all strive to do, be it, you know, professional athletes or people who get really excited about, I don't know, coin collecting. Pogs. Yeah. <laughs> Say pogs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I haven't you... thought about pogs in about 10 years. <laughs> oh, well, you should see my collection. <laughs> I used to have I used to have pogs, man, and I had a bunch of them, and there were the little pogs, and there were like what the slammer tokens. Yeah, and I, for the life of me, never actually figured out what I was supposed to do with pogs. You're supposed to slam them down, and You're supposed to get them lost out of the, the moment. Uh, and yeah, forget bro. all of your other shit and just focus <laughs> on the pogs, man. Right, Bohemia was pogs all along. <laughs> <laughs> what a different man I would be today had I fully immersed myself in the pogage. It's true. <laughs> Well, and I, I do actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I got to give you guys credit for um, just this this podcast that you guys have created, um, just in terms of, of creating something and running with it and being lost in the moment. You guys have done something that's pretty darn cool and said, damn the torpedoes. I'm going for it. And you guys have done it. And it's damn good work most of the time. Aww. That's most yeah. Well, we're yeah, yeah. we're only we're only human, right? Shit. Sometimes sometimes we have old musician friends on, and it all goes to shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Damn, did, did, did the clouds just come? Did it get really shady right bro. now? 
<laughs> no, but that's uh, that's actually a really, that's a very nice thing of you to say. And one of my favorite things about this show is we can pay that that excitement and that passion forward. Like we say all the time, like this is a space, our show is a space for people to share their passions, whether it's us sharing them with each other or you coming in or anybody else coming in. And it makes it a really easy show to pitch to potential guests because it's like, okay, what, what do I talk about? Anything that you love, just come and spread love around and spread passion around because what what is more important, right? In a world where we only have so much time, we never know how much time we actually have, and it is all super finite, what is more important than trying to put a little bit of goodness out if you can while you're here? So it's it's really nice of you to say it because it's a cool thing. For me, I mean, Tari, I won't speak for you, but... Uh, it's no, you're a, saying all the words. You're, yeah. You're playing them, them heartstrings. It's, uh, it's a really cool thing to be able to do and to be able to share with other people people so that's it's that was a very nice thing of you to say thank you yeah very welcome um all right so we're we're like hitting that time like where the the producer outside is giving us the light yeah you um, said you said something super nice about us so we're just gonna cut this shit off yeah while we're ahead <laughs> um did you guys have any uh questions about any of the songs or anything else uh that was you know bugging you that you wanted to ask while you were you know had my attention <laughs> um i mean uh i did i was interested in the no, track number six retweet me um <laughs> can you give me a little more context about that because i scream that every day but like i don't know just what you're at, at passersby yeah you know because <laughs> That's how you get them. That's how you get them followers. Sometimes well, there was once where I, I swear to God, you were literally yelling it at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hasn't followed me yet. Yeah. I just it was, it was eclipse day, and I was like, "Yo, son, I'm checking you out." No, no, no retweet. You're like, no. I'm follow. pretty sure the moon blocked me, and now you too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when I'm making songs, um, I come up with a musical idea and most of my stuff is instrumental um and so i don't really have a a great name for a lot of the songs as they're coming into being um and so i'll record like a little diddly and i'll name it something incredibly stupid and then i'll add another little diddly and it starts to get its bare bones on there and i still don't know what the fuck to call it so i'll call it something even dumber um (laughs) So I've had names called like, you know, uh, Eric Clapton's aunt, um, just because it was the first thing that I thought of. And I naming a song Eric Clapton sounds not so good. Right. Um, So for this one, uh, I recorded for about an hour and I had the basic workings of what I thought it might be. And I called it retweet me. And then it stuck. So <laughs> it was just that one sort of idiotic name that I threw out haphazardly that actually stuck with the rest of for until I came out with the record. So I liked it for some of these other tracks. You have these very deep emotion laden <laughs> stories that you can take us through. And then you have a couple of songs where it's like, yeah, what's that about? I don't know. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the song itself actually has a story. The name is not so good. Um, 
the song itself is a uh, it's the same chord progression of a Ronnie Earl song, um, and the name is escaping me. Ronnie Earl is a guitar player, uh, blues guitar player from the Northeast, uh, very very good player. But um, uh, it's the same chord progression, and I got bored of playing it um, because one guy that I used to hang out with all the time always wanted to play this one song. And so I, and he wanted to solo over it cause he, he actually could solo over it quite well. Um, but I must've played it. I don't know, dozens of times. So instead of playing just the chords, um, you know, the root notes of all the chords and the chords themselves, I decided that I would spice it up a bit and I started finger picking on it and I came up with a cool finger picking pattern. And as soon as I came up with it, I played it at the next jam with this particular gentleman who wanted to solo over it. And he hated it <laughs> because it was <laughs> and he couldn't hear himself solo because there was too many notes in the background uh, playing through the melody. Um, and so I said, well, fuck it. Maybe I could solo over it. So I started recording it and I think it sounds good. It does. Yes. <laughs> um I'm in my mind now. The name of the song is "Fuck You, Fight Me." <laughs> <laughs> Just playing the uh, same chord progression over and over and over again gets really lame after a while. Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine. <laughs> like Wonderwall. <laughs> change it to Champagne Supernova. <laughs> oh man. Um. So, if there were any like last thoughts or things that you wanted people to take away. Um, who either have or haven't heard the album yet, like what what would be your your last remarks to the people listening out there? Uh, really, just um, go to iTunes or Spotify or Amazon or wherever your records are sold, and go to Poikin and Dynamic. Uh, that's P O I K O N E N Dynamic, <laughs> and listen to it because that's what it's here for. Is it's just here for people to listen to it, enjoy. Uh, and honestly, if, if you want a record, uh, you, I've got a couple and I'm, would be happy to send you one. Uh, if you want to email me at the dynamic at gmail.com, uh, let me know. I would, I've got probably a hundred that I can give away. So if you want to email the dynamic at gmail.com, that's P O I K O N E N <laughs> dynamic at gmail.com. Uh, I, I want everybody to listen to it and I don't, I mean, I have a real job and music, <laughs> music is nice, but I'm not thinking that I'm going to become a, a world famous millionaire musician. So if you want to listen to it, just get at me, uh, send me a little email, email in my Gmail and let okay. me know. I'd be happy to send you one. And you also, when you sent me a copy of the album, you also sent along, I believe, four additional copies. I believe specifically so that we could give them away through this show. So Absolutely. we'll we'll figure out a system to do that. But uh, folks, if you're listening and you don't want to go to the source, you want to go to some shady third party <laughs> in an alley somewhere, and you're like, I feel unclean in this alleyway. Uh, you can contact us. We'll we'll set something up. We'll figure out how to how to give these out. But we've got a few copies to give away, also. Yeah, your salesmanship needs needs some work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I the love... product is good. The product sells itself. Yeah, I mean... it's just sometimes you got to go to that dude. Like uh, it's the dude with the big trench coat, and he opens it up, and he's like, "You want to watch?" Except it's for 
vinyl copies of Searching for Bohemia by the Poikin and Dynamic. Right. And then I ask him, why'd you say watch? I came here for watches. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lex, it's it's a good record, but it's not cocaine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'd say it's more heroin in that it like really relaxes you. <laughs> Like I really can't compete with with hard drugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, do you do any socials or anything like that? Uh, I've got a Twitter, uh, Poikin and Dynamic, with no the. Um, okay. I'm on Facebook, um, so I play uh, around Phoenix every now and again. Um, but again, I I do have a a real job, so I, I don't play as much as I want to or should. But yeah. this is uh, it's a good record. It means a lot to me. And uh, I really hope that you guys, uh, both the two of you, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And all of you fine people out there uh, on the sound waves uh, will listen to it and enjoy it. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. This has been really fun. <laughs> it has. Um, all right, uh, guys, make sure that you go check out the album um, and then hit up the Poinkin and Dynamic at gmail.com um, nicely done like a thank yeah, I, was, you. I, I was just kind of nodded silently i was like you did it yeah good job we got to the top of the mountain <laughs> and you planted the flag there yeah and the flag says <laughs> <laughs> I just go to the email uh, if you want your vinyl copy um and if you want to follow the show make sure to hit us up on twitter and instagram at the nope at missing outcast it's m-i-s-s-i-n-g-o-u-t-c-a-s-t um or hit up the missing out hotline if you like to use your voice um which is 978 miss out um once again oh my gosh thank you for joining us nick this has been amazing um i hope everyone listens to your album because they're definitely missing out on it for right now i see what you did thank you slick that's how i do that's why you run the show hell yeah no, Nick Thanks. runs the show. Yeah, Nick, Nick came in and <laughs> toppled our regime. Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. It was a pleasure being here. Like, in 20 years, people are going to look back and go, I was there when the missing out coup happened. <laughs> oh, um, all right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs>